Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer, one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I'd like to begin this episode by turning to a well-known passage of Scripture. I'm talking about Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Paul wrote these words, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. There have been few Bible subjects that have caused quite the amount of controversy and divisive teaching as has the subject of baptism. I have to admit, I find it difficult to understand the reason why that is so. Practically all will agree that the Bible teaches baptism, yet people disagree about the elements of baptism, the mode of baptism, the subject of baptism, even the very purpose of baptism. If we speak of God, most will agree that there is one God, and rightly so, for the passage in Ephesians 4 states that truth very clearly. That same text states that there is one Lord, and we can all pretty much agree on that. If God says one, then one is meant. Not more, not less, not even a choice. That seems clear to me. Doesn't it seem clear to you? The very same passage that declares that there is one God and one Lord also states that there is one baptism. Now, my friends, one still means one. God did not authorize two baptisms, nor three, nor four. There is one baptism. Now, several different baptisms for different people and for different purposes are found in the Bible. There is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism by fire, the baptism of John, and more. But when the inspired Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus about 30 years after the death of Christ on the cross, there was only one baptism, and that was and is the baptism mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5. The question now becomes, what is that one baptism? If there is only one baptism, and that is what God said, then understanding the elements, the mode, the subject, and purpose of it should result from studying what God has said about it, and that is what we're going to do. We will consider first baptism in the Holy Spirit or in water. There is one baptism. If it is baptism with the Holy Spirit, then it is not baptism in water. If the one baptism is baptism in water, then it is not Holy Spirit baptism. It cannot and does not and is not both. Strangely enough, most people who claim to be baptized with the Holy Spirit today will also baptize with water. 
There cannot be two baptisms, for the scriptures plainly say there is but one. John the Baptist, the one who came before Jesus, preparing the way and fulfillment of prophecy, said in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was later spoken to the apostles by the Lord in Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. It tells us, And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you have heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, that prophecy came true. It happened to the apostles in Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Look at what it says. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. It happened to some Gentiles as well in Acts chapter 10. But let's allow Peter to explain what happened in Acts 11 verses 12 through 17. He said, And the Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. And these six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house. And he reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa, and have Simon, who was also called Peter, brought here. And he shall speak to you words by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God therefore gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Several things are evident from the scriptures that we have looked at concerning Holy Spirit baptism. First, Christ administers this baptism. Second, it was a promise, not a command. And third, it was for a select number of people for a very specific reason, not a command for all people. Now, in what is known as the Great Commission, we find the following in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In Mark's account, found in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, we read, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. So what do we now see? This baptism was to be administered by man, was for all nations, and was to last until the end of the world or the age. This must be the one baptism of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5. In carrying out the Great Commission, the apostles and other disciples preached the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles, in other words, to all nations. On one such occasion, the question was asked concerning Cornelius and his household in Acts chapter 10 and verse 47. Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized 
who have received the Holy Ghost just as we did, can he? As the gospel was preached to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, he asked in verse 36, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? The only conclusion that can be reached is that the one baptism which the Lord commanded for all nations until the end of the age or the end of the world is water baptism. When I was a baby, I was baptized by having a little water sprinkled or poured upon my forehead. In a true biblical sense, sprinkled and baptized do not have the same meaning, nor do they refer to the same act. The word baptized means to dip, submerge, immerse. That's what it means. It does not mean pour or sprinkle. Just like fly and walk are different verbs describing different actions, so to sprinkle or pour and baptize are different verbs describing different actions. In John chapter 3, verse 23, we find, And John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem, because there was much water there, and they were coming and were being baptized. When Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, what happened is described in verses 38 through 39. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. The action described in the passages we read indicate a burial in water, not a sprinkling. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4 the following, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Again in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul wrote, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. There is one baptism, not two, not three, not a choice. The one baptism for now is a burial or immersion in water. You know, I might, used to have a dog named Ozzie, and I might have called one of Ozzie's legs a tail, but that didn't make it a tail, it was still a leg. I might call sprinkling or pouring baptism, but that doesn't make it baptism. One who has only been sprinkled or had a little water poured upon their forehead has not, in those actions, been scripturally baptized. Any study of baptism is not complete without addressing infant baptism. In the religious world, it is so common that people never question it. However, the truth is infants are not baptized, they are sprinkled, and they are not proper subjects for baptism anyway. The Great Commission makes it clear that those who are to be baptized are those who have been taught and believed the gospel. Look with me at John chapter 6, verses 44 and 45, where Jesus pointed out that those who come to him are those who are taught. He said, No one can come to me, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Teaching always preceded baptism in the scriptures. Look with me at the conclusion of Peter's famous sermon in Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. We find, Therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, 
what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There was teaching, there was believing, then there was baptism. The same order is followed in the preaching by Philip in the city of Samaria in Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. There were no babies or toddlers involved in any biblical account of this one baptism. Without exception, people were taught, they believed, and then were baptized. In fact, when Philip preached to the eunuch, the man asked, What prevents me from being baptized? Philip's response was, If you believe with all your heart, you may. In all of the teaching and examples in the New Testament from Pentecost on, only believers received this one baptism. I would not be doing my job if I did not address the purpose of baptism. Many will say that it is a sign that we have already been saved. But what do the scriptures say? Jesus said in Mark 16 and verse 16, He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. That's kind of like 1 plus 1 equals 2. It's pretty straightforward. Did Jesus put baptism before or after salvation? That is always the order in Scripture. Teaching, believing, baptism. We saw it in Acts 2. We saw it with Philip and the Samaritans in Acts 8. We saw it with Philip and the eunuch in the same chapter. And now we're going to Acts 16 where we'll look at verses 30 through 33. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. In every example, people heard, believed, and were baptized for the remission of their sins, every single example. Let's go back to Romans 6 and read verses 3 through 6, letting Paul explain it. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Brethren and friends, according to Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, Jesus shed his blood for the remission of sins. That is the same reason one is baptized. For in baptism, we are baptized into Christ's death. If one claims that he is saved before baptism, then he is saved before he is in Christ. He is saved before he has contacted the precious blood by being baptized in water into the death of Jesus Christ. That is the story. When Paul found some in Ephesus who had been baptized with the wrong baptism, he taught them and they were then baptized in the name of Jesus. That's Acts 19. It was to the church in that city, Ephesus, that he said there is one baptism. It is still true. The one baptism is commanded by the Lord in the Great Commission. It is commanded for all who are taught, believe, and repent. 
It is a burial in water, and it is baptism into Christ and into his death. That is the one baptism. There is none other that concerns salvation. I hope you'll give serious consideration to these words and think deeply about them. Thanks for listening.